0: Grab your Bible, turn to Deuteronomy tonight, Deuteronomy 17 tonight, Deuteronomy 17. Uh, One thing I was going to mention, as far as the activity on Friday, the Valentine banquet, uh, they've got a prize for the best dressed Hawaiian. That's the theme, I believe, Hawaiian. And so uh, if I were you, I would wear a coat over your Hawaiian outfit. It's going to be cold on Friday. But uh, if you'd like to do that, they'll have prizes for the individual as well as the couple. But uh, that'll be on this coming Friday, Hawaiian theme. That'll be kind of interesting. And uh, what do you dress Hawaiian? You wear little flowers around your neck or something? Hawaiian shirt with all different colors? I don't know. Anyway, we'll have to see about that, I guess. I'm not sure what else is Hawaiian. Don't come in your shorts, that's for sure. Goodness, that'd be scary. All right, anyway. I want to look at one verse this morning, or this evening, I should say, Deuteronomy chapter number one. Deuteronomy chapter number one. Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse number one, excuse me. Uh, this And it's this evening, and it is chapter 17. All right, so we'll go there uh, tonight. Deuteronomy 17, verse one. Let's look at the verse now. Verse one says this It says, Thou shalt not sacrifice unto the Lord thy God any bullock or sheep, wherein is blemish or any evil favoredness, for that is an abomination unto the Lord thy God. I want you to look at just one verse tonight. And um, I just want to share some things concerning the children of Israel and their sacrifice to the Lord. Let's pray together. Again, Father, we stop and say thank you for letting us be here. Would you again give us uh, the words to say, help your people tonight, Lord, to get what you have for them. Help all of us, Lord, to be a better Christian because of what we've heard tonight. And may we in our hearts, as well as we did in just song, Father, glorify you. Thank you for what you've done for us. May we again glorify you for it. Father, help us tonight as a, as a congregation, as a church family. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, uh, thankfully we do not do what the Old Testament did as far as taking an animal sacrificing and bring it down to the tabernacle. Aren't you glad that as a Christian that Jesus Christ paid it all? And when he died, we don't have to go get a sheep and we don't have to have our, our different offerings, the peace offering, the burnt offering, the sin offering, the trespass offering. We don't have to do any of those offerings that we bring down to the, to the, as an animal sacrifice. Can you imagine if you were an Israelite? And here you have a flock of sheep, a flock of cows and bullocks and things, different things, and you are gonna bring an animal sacrifice to God. And you would go out and you're with your child and you're saying, okay, now listen, son, we've gotta find the best one to give to, give to God. And so let's, let's go through all the animals. It can't uh, have a broken foot, it can't be bruised, it can't have any, anything like a running sore. I said, we, we need to pick out the best one because when we get offer our sacrifice to God, it has to be the best offering. And that's what Deuteronomy is really, Deuteronomy 17, one is really what it's talking about. You know, Deuteronomy means second law. So this is the second time that God is going to bring to light to the children of Israel this idea of what their offering was supposed to be like. I would like for you to see the first time also, if you turn over to Leviticus with me for just a moment. Again, Deuteronomy being the second time. But look at Leviticus 22. Leviticus 22. In Leviticus 22, look at verse number 20. Leviticus 22, verse number 20. Again, dealing with the offerings. Here's what he says in verse 20. But whatsoever hath a blemish, that shall be, uh, that shall you not offer for it, uh, for it shall not be acceptable for you. And whosoever offereth a sacrifice of peace offerings unto the Lord to accomplish his vow or freewill offering and beeves or sheep, it shall be perfect to be accepted. Uh, there shall be no blemish therein, blind or broken or maimed or having a wind, Or scurvy and or scabbed, wind being a running sore. Scurvy, scabbed, ye shall not offer these unto the Lord, nor make an offering by fire of them upon the altar unto the Lord. Either a bullock or a lamb that hath anything superfluous um, or lacking uh, in its parts. Superfluous meaning it had more than more than what was supposed to, or lacking in its parts. Uh, that that mayest thou offer for a free will offering, but for a vow it shall not be accepted. Ye shall not offer unto the Lord that which is bruised or crushed or broken or cut, neither shall ye make any offering. Uh, thereof in your land neither from a stranger's hand shall you offer the bread of your god of any of these because their corruption is in them and blemishes shall be in them they shall not be accepted for you so in the first law leviticus he makes it very clear what they were supposed to offer it was supposed to be uh and and we what we often refer to as a lamb without blemish or in, in this case it could be a bullock without blemish uh it had to be a one that um was good and wholesome And they would bring that down to the sacrifice. And it was a blood sacrifice. They would kill it. The blood would be shed. It was sprinkled on the altar and God saw the blood. We know as Christians what that was a picture of. We know that from the scriptures that Jesus Christ was the perfect Lamb of God. He was the male without blemish. He was the one that would come not just to cover sin with his blood, but to take away sin for us. And if you're saved, you're you're saved because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. If Jesus Christ would not have died a bloody death, we would not have salvation. And again, we have that Old Testament picture of the animal sacrifices that were brought. Now tonight, I want to use that and just again share a thought. And again, not very long, but a thought. And the thought comes from Deuteronomy 17, verse number 1, when he says again in the second law how important it was that their sacrifices were the way God said they had to be. And it was the best that they had. I want you to notice again in Deuteronomy 17, 1, it says, Thou shalt not let what just let think for a moment here. This one verse, he starts off with the phrase that we parallel with the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. We talk about thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. Isn't it interesting that God says thou shalt not, and if I can paraphrase, thou shalt not bring anything except the best. That's what he's saying. In fact, he stresses this so much in Deuteronomy chapter 17. He ends the verse in verse number one. He says, for that is an abomination unto the Lord thy God. If you don't bring the best, just let me think for a second here. He didn't say, if you don't bring your best, I'm not going to be pleased. He did not say, if you don't bring your best, it's not acceptable. He did not say, if you don't bring your best, I'm going to be grieved. He said, if you don't bring your best, it's an abomination to me. It's an abomination. God says, I abhor it. It's disgusting to me. Now, let's make the parallel to New Testament. I think that we as Christians, when it comes to offering our sacrifices to God, God wants us to give them our best. Would you not agree with that? But you know what we don't think about, that if in the Old Testament God said, when you brought your sacrifice to me, if you didn't bring your best, that it was an abomination to me. We do not think about that when it comes to our Christian sacrifices for God, but when we do not bring our best sacrifices to God, God just says, that's an abomination to me. Now... It's interesting that when you go through the scripture that you find out what were the sacrifices that we as Christians offer. All right, now stay with me tonight. And again, a little bit of teaching, but again, the thought is, are you giving God your best? And when you look at the scriptures, there are several things that we give to God, not as an animal sacrifice, but as in a sacrifice to God. If I can run quickly through them tonight, just to get you you thinking this direction, because I still want to preach verse number one of chapter 17 here. But the Bible says in Hebrews 13:15, "But him therefore, excuse me, by him therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips by giving thanks to His name." Now, just really, again. There's there's six or seven I think sacrifices that the Bible specifically calls sacrifice. One of those sacrifices was what you did a moment ago. You know what that sacrifice was? It's when we sang the love of God. You know what that sacrifice was? It's when we sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound. When we sing praises to God, the fruit of our lips, those are sacrifices. Now think for a moment here. God said when you bring your sacrifice, make sure it's the best. So really the question is tonight, how did you offer your sacrifices during the song service? Really, the question of that is, is how do you offer sacrifices in prayer? Prayer is another one of those that's mentioned in actually a couple different places. But Psalm 141, verse number two says, Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. So church family, again, thinking this thing through, if in the Old Testament, I was not supposed to bring a lamb or a bullock that was without blemish, that had a scab, that had an eye out, that had any type of imperfection, I was not supposed to bring that as a sacrifice. In other words, if I don't bring my best, that's an abomination the New Testament. God says that we're supposed to offer our sacrifices. What's the what's Christian sacrifice? Now, I don't have to read all the verses tonight, and I'd be glad to give you the outline. You can look the verses up if you'd like to. But God says that a sacrifice for a Christian is our praise to God. The sacrifice for a Christian is our prayers to God. The sacrifice of a Christian, again, these are all verses in Scripture, the sacrifice of a Christian is your missions giving. The sacrifice of a Christian is your tithes and offering. The sacrifices of a Christian, the Bible calls doing good. I'll read a couple of them to you. But the Bible says in Hebrews 13, verse 16, But to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well-pleased. In other words, how you live your life as far as doing good, God says, that's a sacrifice, I want your best. God says that to, to, do, to do good and to communicate. The word communicate is talking about fellowship with God. God says that that's a sacrifice. When you got up this morning and you read your Bible and spent time in prayer, before you came to church, you were communicating with God. You were having fellowship with God. God says, those kind of sacrifices I'm well pleased with. But church family, he's not well pleased with sacrifices that are not giving him our best. Now, with that, that thought tonight... Are you giving God your best when it comes to your sacrifices to God? Praise is a sacrifice, prayer is a sacrifice, doing good is a sacrifice, giving our wealth is a sacrifice, missions giving is a sacrifice. Think about this, Romans 12:1. He says, "I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that she present your bodies a living." Hey, when you do not give God all of you, you're not giving God your best. You're not giving God your best. And God says in Deuteronomy 17, he makes it very clear to the children of Israel that if you go and you give less than your best, that's an abomination to me. That church, me, I only find two things in Deuteronomy 17 and some of you are very happy there are only two things in Deuteronomy 17, verse number one. But there are only two things that I see in verse number one that God really makes reference to to explain what kind of sacrifice we're supposed to have. And I want you to see both of those in that verse this evening. Let's look look back to Deuteronomy 17. Let's look at both of these together. Here's the first one. Let me read the verse again. Here's what he says. Thou shalt not sacrifice unto the Lord thy God. Here's the first one. Any bullock or sheep. Now I know what you're thinking. You're thinking... Pastor, we don't sacrifice animals any longer. What does that have to do with my sacrifice of praise or prayer or doing good or giving my body? It has a lot to do. Because really, I believe what the Lord's trying to teach us here, and the reason he spelled out ballack and sheep, is because of the size of the animal. Think about it for a second here. There's a big difference between a cow and a sheep. The size of the animal, the, the amount that was being given... Now, church, can I make again the parallel tonight when it comes to our sacrifice to God, that we're supposed to give God our best, whether it is great or whether it is small. Are you all with me tonight? So that tells me that if God says, hey, this is not just a matter of making sure the lamb is without blemish, making sure the lamb doesn't have a problem, making sure the lamb is the best. He says it doesn't matter if it's a bullock or a sheep, and I think God's trying to teach us, it doesn't matter if it's the bigger things in life or it's the smaller things in life as far as our sacrifice, that we should always give God our best. You know, as a person, if you were asked to preach during a service, man alive! Number, some of you, number one, get really nervous about it. But you would, what well, you would determine if I'm going to speak, uh, you would spend hours and hours of preparation for that particular service because of the congregation that would be listening to that service. But can I tell you that your preparation for a family altar, or your preparation for a bus uh, bus um, devotional, or your preparation for a school chapel? Can I tell you that? you should make sure that you make sure your sacrifice is the best, whether it's big or small. So in our lives, when it comes to my prayer time, it doesn't matter if it's a prayer in private or if it's a prayer in public, I ought to give God my best. When it comes to praising God, it, I ought to give God my best when I'm by myself and my own, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, as much as it is when I'm with other people. God wants us to sacrifice our best, no matter great or small. You ought to do your best in the little things. You ought to do your best when it comes to your private devotions. You ought to do your best when it comes to giving the verse on bus. You ought to do your best when it comes to preparing for a quiz in class. You ought to do your best when it comes to dressing for school. I'm just trying to tell you that if you can't be faithful as God said Luke Jesus said in Luke 16.10, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful in that which is much. And he that is unjust in that which is least is unjust in that which is much. Show me, we we have to take more concern about the little things, and if you can take concern about little, you'll take concern about the big. The person who thinks I've only got to take concern about the big things does not take care of the little things. Remember what God said in the Song of Solomon? He says it's the little foxes that what? Spoil. Spoil the vine. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And as a Christian, we've got to make sure that we do our best in both small and great, both little and big, we ought to give God the best of our life. Amen. Something else, number two. Look at verse number one again. Not only does he dis, differentiate between the bullock and the lamb, but look what he says next. He says, thou shalt not uh, sacrifice unto the Lord thy God any bullock or sheep, wherein is blemish, next phrase, wherein is blemish or any evil favoredness. Where he's, now th- remember now, he's two different things he's talking about here. He says, by, where there's a blemish, and where there's evil favoredness. Now, church family, the blemish was things that were known outwardly. We read them a moment ago out of, out of Leviticus chapter number 22, and here's what it said. There shall be no blemish therein, blind or broken or maimed or having a wind, or scurvy or scab. You shall not offer these unto the Lord nor make an offering of fire by them upon the altar of the Lord. So the, the blemish was something that was outward. It was something that was readily seen in, the, in a sheep or a bull. But then he says, not only do you, if, as far as your offering for God being the best should not be that with what, that has a blemish, but if it has evil favoredness. Now, just, I mean, can I tell you, evil favoredness really has something to do with within. In other words, there was nothing evident on the outside of the animal. In fact, when you think about evil favored, it's just that the owner didn't want it. Uh, hey, we're going to go offer our offering to God. Uh, you know, that one that seems a little bit weak but looks fine, let's go get that one. You know, in the Christian life, God wants your best whether it's outward or inward. Whether it's seen or unseen. Well, you know, a person once said that character is what you are in the dark. Or character is what God knows you to be. You know, in in your life, you ought to give God your best, even if you are not seen by people. God ought to have the best in our life. In other words, when it comes to inwardly, we ought to give God our best when it comes to our attitude. When it comes to our thought life, when it comes to the things that we think about and meditate about, we ought to give God our best. You know... (laughs) As Christians, it's so easy for us to get the mentality that it really doesn't matter you know, whether I do good or bad. You know, just, I mean, if someone was gonna give you a car and your friend comes up to me and says, hey, listen, I'm your friend and I wanna give you a vehicle, would you be happy? Okay, a of you you'd be happy, you know, I'm gonna give you a vehicle. What would it be that if he took you over to his house to show you the vehicle and when you pulled up in his dri- in your, into his driveway, there was this vehicle that was up on blocks, it was completely rusted and the windows were broke out, There was no engine inside of it. And he says, this is the vehicle I wanted to give you. Would you be very happy? Probably not. All right, now let's take that same scenario. And let's say your friend says, hey, listen, I've got a vehicle I want to give you. And he didn't tell you what kind of vehicle. And so you drive over to his house. And when you pull up to his house, there is a 2021 Mercedes-Benz, brand new, sparkle. And he says, this is what I want to give you. Are you happy now? Yeah, you're happy. You're happy now. You know, when we go to God and we give him less than our best, he's not happy with that. He's not happy with us living the Christian life in a very lackadaisical, very lazy way of Christianity. Listen, we, Christians have a tendency, it doesn't matter when I get up, you know, I'll read a chapter before I go out the door. You know what that's called? It's called not giving God your best. It's not giving God your best when, I, when you're going to try to Uh, try to throw him into the schedule while you're on the run. You're not giving God your best when you come to a church service and you're you're not attentive to what the Lord wants and you haven't prayed for what God could give you. God wants you to give you his best, and it's both inwardly and outwardly. God wants you to, in your spirituality, to, 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 to make sure that you do the best that you can. You know, we get aggravated with a student who comes and he's hap, hap, haphazard about his schoolwork and he doesn't take seriously his tests and quizzes and he comes and he makes C's and we know that person's not a C student. We know he could be an A minus or maybe a B plus student, but because he just doesn't care. You know, as a teacher, that's frustrating. Can I tell you, it's just as frustrating when God has his children who have this no-care attitude to where they don't thrive or strive to be the best Christian they can possibly be. You know, God wants to use you, but God's not going to use you if you don't care about being used. God says it's an abomination. You know, it's, it's interesting to me that Christians can give their best to their occupation. You know, you can get up early to make sure that you're dressed right and ready for your job. You can give everything you can to that occupation so that you, that you give a good impression to your manager or employer. It's amazing to me that a person can give their best when it comes to sports and when it comes to being an athlete. I mean, they want to impress the coach. They want to be a starter on the starting lineup. It's amazing how a person can give their best when it comes to athletics. A person can give their best not only with their occupation and with their athletics. A person in their life, they can give their best to their job, to their family. But, you know, it's amazing when it comes to their career. We don't give our best when it comes to the most important thing of life, and that's our spirituality. That's the most important thing. And God's looking for a Christian that says, okay, yes, I'm going to offer these sacrifices. I'm going to praise you, but the praise is going to be sincere. And I don't mind if I praise at home by myself. i have got to praise in a church service. My, my, my Giving my best to God and my prayers. It's not just going to be when I pray in public. I'm going to spend an X amount of time with the Lord in prayer. When it comes to my missions giving and giving my tithes and offerings. When it comes to doing good. When it comes to giving my body for Christ's service. I want God to have the best. Does God have the best in you? That's the question tonight. You know, if you're not careful as a Christian, you can be just mediocre, just average. Listen, God doesn't want you to be average. God wants to know that he is the king of kings and Lord of lords in your life. I want you, I want you to look at one more passage. Let me, turn over Malachi chapter one, probably a little more familiar passage, but Malachi chapter one. The children of Israel had come back probably about 100 years after they'd come back from being in captivity, last book of the Old Testament. In Malachi chapter one, God sends this message through Malachi to his people. In Malachi chapter one, verse number one, the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. So I want you to understand this book was not a burden of Malachi. This is a burden of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. So God's burden for Israel. What was, what was his burden? Verse number six, a son honoreth his father and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where's mine honor? If I, and if I be a master, where's my fear? Saith the Lord of hosts unto you. O priest that despise my name, and ye say, wherein have we despised thy name? Ye offer polluted bread upon mine altar, and ye say, wherein have we polluted thee? In that ye say, the table, is, uh, table of the Lord is contemptible. And if ye offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if ye offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee, or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts? And now I pr- pray you beseech uh, pray, you beseech God that He will be gracious unto us. This hath been uh, by your means. Will He regard your person? Saith the Lord of hosts? You know what He's trying to say. He says you you're doing the same thing I told you not to do in the Book of Deuteronomy. You're bringing these sacrifices of the blind and the halt when it comes to your lamb. That is not. That's not the best. Church family. When it came to giving sacrifices to God, we understand that the foreshadow was of what Christ was going to do for us. Why did you bring a lamb that was without blemish and it was not broken, it was not bruised? It's because it's a picture of Jesus Christ, the sinless lamb of God who took away our sin. Amen. But you're me, that's not the only picture. You know what the picture was for the children of Israel? The sincerity of their worship dealt with them knowing what kind of sacrifice they were bringing. If they went to their flock and they pulled out the one they didn't want or they pulled out one they knew that was not going to be productive and they just brought that as a sacrifice, you know, God says that's not sincere worship. That's just doing it. You know, we as Christians, we get in the habit of just doing it. I'm just doing my devotions. I'm just doing church. I'm just getting it over with is what we're saying. That's not the kind of worship God wants. God wants us from our heart with sincerity to give God our best. God wants your best. And those sacrifices that we talked about at the beginning, God wants your best. He wants your best prayer time. He wants your best praise. He wants your best giving. He wants your best as far as giving your body for the Lord's service. God wants your best. You know, Romans 12, verse 1, when it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies. You know, it's interesting to me that uh, when it came to the Levites, uh, the Levites' window of service was actually 25 to fifty. He says, if you're going to be a Levite between 25 and 50, you're going to do the actual service of the tabernacle as far as moving the tabernacle, as far as taking down the tabernacle, putting the tabernacle up. That was when you were going to do it. When you became 50, uh, they didn't use the retirement, but after age 50, they were supposed to be servants at the tabernacle, but they were not supposed to be doing all the normal work of the tabernacle. Now, I don't really understand that completely as far as what the Lord's trying to teach us, but I do get this one thing. There are productive years of life. And I want to tell you something, during your productive years, you ought to give out your best. This morning, it was seven degrees outside. Uh, This morning, I went down to McDonald's, and I could not help but think that when I was at McDonald's studying, that there were bus workers getting on a bus in seven-degree weather to get on a bus to go get children so they could come to Sunday school. You know what they're doing? They're being productive. They're doing their best with what God's given them. Listen, are you doing the best that you can? Listen, your days, the Bible says in Psalm 90, verse number 12, so teach us to number our days, to number them, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, he said, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. What's God trying to tell you? Your days are numbered. What is your life? It is even a what? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanisheth away. You know what you ought to be doing? You ought to do the best you can right now because your days are going to be few. And the days that God's given you, give God your best. How many times a person, they live for themselves and they say, you know, when I retire, I'm going to. Or, you know, when I get done with college, I'm going to. Listen, you should not be one of these have ministers or future ministers, you should be a do minister. You should live for God now. Give God your best. When it comes to your children, give them to God. When it comes to your wealth, give them to God. When it comes to your talent, give it to God. Give God the best that you have while you have the opportunity to do so. So children of Israel, I just want you to know, I don't like you bringing offerings where it's got a broken foot, bruised, running sore, blind. I don't like you bringing, bringing me an offering of one of the flock that you really don't want anyway. I want the best. And if you don't, it's an abomination to me. Church family, every day in your Christian life, you're giving sacrifices to God. And you might not ever be in a church service, but you're giving sacrifices to God. When you get up and have your prayer time, sacrifice to God. When you read your Bible, sacrifice to God. When you do good for others, sacrifice to God. When you give your body for his service, sacrifice for God. Every day of your life, not just Sundays, you're sacrificing to God. Make sure it's your best. Would you bow your head and close your eyes tonight?